What's up, weebs, and welcome back to Anime Lane, the podcast where we take you down the yellow brick road of anime and have a look at everything it has to offer. I am your host, Rebel Notorious, and today I am joined by Sean. That's me. And Melina. It's me. Uh, returning from the previous episode, uh, originally the plan was to have Kelsey in before we returned mm-hmm. as, a, as the trio. Uh, it was going to be the duo. Um, so I think when me and Kelsey record uh, an episode, we'll go over the, the kind of future plans for the episode and the structure mm-hmm. we're going to have. Um, but today, I think we'll just focus on what we have at hand because I think... Yes. The tried I, and tested. Truth. Yes. Uh, so kicking off from where we left off in the last episode, a um, couple of corrections to go over. Um, wow. What did you fuck up? <laughs> so in anime, there's... You know, misinformation's everywhere. I, I guess in these times, from a, a medium that comes from a different language, you're always mm-hmm. going to have trip ups. And as much as you try and kind of research into this sort of thing, as I always try to do, it's easy to fall prey to a lot of this misinformation of because course. you're kind of going Absolutely. off of accounts from accounts from accounts from mm-hmm. accounts of different information. And you know, if you don't know the language, you're kind of having to trust in the translations that you're reading. Um, and so. In the last episode, I mentioned that ghost stories failed in Japan, mm-hmm. which, as it turns out, is not true. Oh, um, so that's something I'll, I'd always heard as well. Yeah, so. so that's the, like I mentioned, the legend, the story that surrounds the series, the ghost story, the ghost story, <laughs> um, the urban legend that surrounds it. But um, as I found out uh, from someone who sent me in a correction, one of my friends. Um, yeah, it's not true. It, it was very popular in Japan. Uh, it had a really good audience share, and it was basically a miscommunication between mm-hmm. the licensors and the Japanese studios. Um, I'll I'll link a video into, into the description of the podcast that goes over it in detail uh, from Mercury Falcon, who did a lot of really great research into it and kind of uncovered the the real story behind it. But to summarize, in Japan, it had a 14% audience share in the 2000s, which in the middle of an anime boom was great because even back when Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z were airing, they only had about 8%. So that's like, oh. you know, 6% higher than Dragon Ball yeah, of all things. That's pretty that's shocking. And this is like three or four years after Evangelion was on the air. Wow. Uh, you know, so... It was quite popular for the time, and that makes sense because in Japan, it's based on a series of children's books that were heavily popular, oh. um, which I didn't know. I Normally, a lot of these this stuff comes from manga. I, for some reason, always assumed Ghost Stories was actually an original series. Um, but yeah, as it turns out, based on children's books. Um, but when it was airing on TV, it was actually made as a filler show because mm. when this was coming out, uh, One Piece was airing on Wednesday nights. And there was a show called GTO airing on Sundays. And that's, I think, the prime time spot is Sunday night around 7.30 or something like that. Um, And they wanted to move one piece from Wednesday to Sunday, but they didn't want to do it right away when GTO finished Mm -hmm. because they noticed that moving... uh, So they originally did that with uh, Rurouni Kenshin when that was originally animated by Studio Gallup and then moved to Studio Dean. They also moved its time slot and they noticed a massive drop-off in viewership. So to avoid that with One Piece, what they decided to do was rather than when GTO finished instantly moving One Piece, mm-hmm. they wanted to wait to the beginning of the new anime spring season because, um, you know, anime works in a sort of 13-week cycle of seasonal mm-hmm. airings. Um, Very scheduled. 
Yeah, pretty much. So, like, that's why you kind of notice a, a recurring theme of episode count being 12, 13 if it's a single core series or 24 or 26 if it's a, if it's a dual core mm. and then, like, 52. So you can kind of work mm-hmm. out yeah, yeah. episode counts based on that. Um... So moving One Piece, they wanted to avoid that viewership drop-off because One Piece yeah. was a Titanic title and still is, you know, and this is the 2000s when, you know, it was just getting itself started. Yeah. So they made a filler show to fill in those weeks. So mm-hmm. they had 20 weeks to fill. So they made Ghost Stories, which is why it's only 20 episodes and doesn't fit into the, you know, 24 episode structure, mm-hmm. which is why I kind of fell into the whole... It no got cancelled, it no one yeah. cared because it didn't fit, you know, any the perception, the yeah. standard that you have for these sort of things. Yeah, um, it's easy to make that assumption. Yeah, but it was very popular. Now, one episode did get pulled from air and kind of caused a bit of a controversy because there was an episode, I think episode three, uh, originally was supposed to be about uh, an urban legend of a woman who has slits on oh, her mouth. the slit women thing. I've yeah. heard the story oh, the before. Joke about Sort of, yeah, <laughs> but basically it caused a controversy around it looking like a cleft palate. And so, mm. you know, uh, parents of children with cleft palates yeah. weren't happy and Fuji TV pulled it from the air. Mm-hmm. So they heard a recap, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, so Ghost Stories is massively popular in Japan. And the reason it got dubbed the way it did is because someone lied somewhere along the line, basically. Damn. Um they pulled in a writer who doesn't really like anime but is known for doing these sort of dubs um so yeah that's that's ghost stories not uh so yeah if if anything you know we say because we're talking off the cuff we're i'm going with information that i've tried Mm -hmm. to obtain over years uh and i research into these things but like i say it's easy to fall into you know misinformation because it can look real it can look legitimate yeah. like i said about ghost stories the english vas back that sort of story up even mm-hmm. you know staff from adv films did um but it's just it's not true so if if we ever do say something that's you know inherently false and we don't notice it at the time call us the fuck out yeah exactly. <laughs> let us know um give us a respectful you know comment and criticism yeah. to yeah. say that we got it wrong and and in a future episode i'll try and cover it and and let you know that we got it wrong and and what the actual true story is because i don't want to continue to perpetuate and spread the misinformation mm-hmm. within the community but as someone once pointed out uh i think i can't remember who it was one of the writers i think from from anime news network has said that you know misinformation is so rampant within anime you'd be you'd drive yourself insane trying to you know, rein it back in and try and correct mm-hmm. every piece of information. So we'll do our best, but we're gonna get stuff wrong because, like I said, we're talking off the cuff, and that's we're how these things go. Be- we're human beings, yeah. So, we're not you know, perfect. Like we're gonna get things yeah, wrong. Yeah. So if you just to be expected. Yeah. So if you want to give us a correction, be respectful, and we'll we'll cover it in another yeah. episode. Um, we're human, but we'll be as correct as we think we can be. Exactly. So with that out of the way. Welcome to episode two. Episode yeah. two, yeah, where we're going to be covering Galaxy Express 3.9 and Lupin the Third, Mystery of Mammal. The way I presented them there doesn't mean anything about how we're going to cover these in terms of what comes first or what comes second. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to completely jump in the face of that and say I'm demanding we talk about Mammal first because <laughs> I, holy shit. I thought you might want to yeah. talk about Mammal first, so I'll let you kick it off while I Go take on. a very okay. deserved drink of water. 
That movie was wild as oh, shit. Yeah, oh, 100%. God, yeah, 100%. Where do I even start? <laughs> okay, That's so... That's a good comment where to start. Yeah. What the fuck? Okay, to start with, I'm the one I feel like that... Not didn't not that I enjoyed Cagliostro the most, but like I feel like I was the one that was most open about how you much I liked You responded Cagliostro. to it the most. Yeah, yeah. So going in, I don't want to say I had like like high expectations, yeah. but like I was expecting something pretty nice, or at least mm-hmm. not similar, because you've yeah. already told me that like uh, yeah. like tone wise, it's a bit dark. Mm-hmm. All the other ones are a bit darker than Cagliostro, yeah. but it started off strong. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Oh, for in sure. the first like. I don't know, half an hour maybe? 20 minutes? Like, I was getting the same vibes as Kaglio. Yeah. I was getting into it. It felt great. And then I can pinpoint the moment when it just started to go down for me. When they hit, like, the desert. Uh, yeah. And they're, like, walking through and all that. That's when it started to get slow. Very And then slow. after that, it just got wilder and yeah. wilder and wilder Ooh. to the point where at the end... Spoiler alert, I'm just going to say this right now. There's a giant fucking brain in this movie. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't seen this movie, pause this episode, go watch it, and come yeah. back to us. Um, so what I'm going to start trying to do in the episode is cover where people can watch these things. Because, mm-hmm. you know, okay. um, Makes sense. So Loop the Third is messily available in the UK. Um, if, you're, if you're living in the UK and listening to this, if you want to watch Mystery of Mammal, the only way you can do it is by going to CEX and picking up the Secret of Mamo manga DVD release, uh, which doesn't have the dub we watched. I don't mm. think it does anyway. I assume it has the manga entertainment dub, which calls him Wolf the Third, like we discussed in the last episode, which <laughs> I hate. It. I just can't imagine that scene early in the movie between Lupin and, and Fujiko, where he gives oh. her the rock, where he's calling him Wolf, where she calls him Wolf. I just couldn't imagine that's, that. That's too far. Yeah. No. And um, we'll get into like that, how their whole flirtatious relationship is played out later. Yeah. But just saying that now, that's too much. Yeah. Um. So unfortunately, yeah, it's not available on Blu-ray in the UK. If you want to get the US release, which, you know, if you have a region-free Blu-ray player you can watch, uh, you can grab that from up1.co.uk or Amazon, I think, probably. But it's probably cheaper mm-hmm. from up one um so yeah hey sorry to derail what you were saying but <laughs> no, no, just ahead. to point out to people if you haven't seen this movie categorically oh, yeah. fucking watch this oh, before absolutely. we talk about it because i think if anyone has, has listened to this and has never seen any lupin even after watching last week's episode at, or you know whenever the last one came out because mm-hmm. we're, <laughs> we're not on a weekly schedule um if, if anyone's just listened to that They've got a very different impression of what Lupin is to what we're about to say now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. watch Cagliostro, watch Mamo. Don't just go into this conversation we're about to have blind because it's f- gonna be fucking oh, wild. Yeah. You will be so lost. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, like, this movie never goes in any fucking direction you expect it no. to. God, no. no. I This was so far from what I base kind of expected. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. Um, I think the way it's been described from i think sort of like you know anime news sites and stuff is that this is slightly closer to monkey punch's manga which mm-hmm. makes sense because tonally i'd say the tv series always kind of even before miyazaki came in and done kagliostro and kind of trajectory changed the entire thing mm-hmm. was maybe a little more sanitized because mm. lupin's always I mentioned this when I was watching it. The relationship here in Mamo 
between Fujiko and Lupin is so far fucking beyond any normal it, 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 it's relationship just, they have. Like it, it made me so uncomfortable. Oh, same. To the point where I was like, I feel like she should say something and he should respect yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's the sort of vibe I got from Cagliostro. Because like, yeah. I also want to stay by say by the way, Fujiko and Cagliostro and Fujiko here feel like two. Kind of and different character. Yeah. I had to look up whether they were the same person. Yeah, she even like, like what looks different. Like, oh, yeah. this is she's the thing blonde is... in Cagliostro, but she's very much a brunette. And oh like, yeah, yeah. That's one. that's the thing is like, um, especially if we keep covering kind of the movies and the TV specials, mm-hmm. the styles kind of change quite a lot. Okay. Um, and I think fair, this but... is where this is kind of ties more into being closer to Monkey Punch's manga, especially. Oh stylistically like mm-hmm. Lupin's design freaks me the fuck out in this movie <laughs> it's it's very weird yeah, yeah. It, it just I saw for the first time like in the castle I think in the mm-hmm. beginning and I was like huh he's a little top heavy yeah yeah, yeah. there's just something about him where I was like you don't it doesn't feel right yeah mm. I, I get that from most characters I think Jigen is like the most because you can't really change his design too much no. yeah and like Goemon looks kind of odd yeah i mean as we, well we were talking about we, we mentioned this at mm-hmm. some point like when we were just talking about our reactions and stuff like i made the comparison that his head shape sort of looks like a banana a little bit uh, that's yeah. the thing everyone's heads kind of oddly shaped when you see them from mm-hmm. the side yeah. in this movie um but going back to Fidrico, I, I her characterization is so fucking wild in this movie mm. compared just... to everything else i've seen from lupin which isn't much Mm-hmm. But I say I've got a good grasp of yeah. what yeah. our characters normally like, which is very self-assured, very comfortable as a woman, mm-hmm. very badass, yeah. confident, like yes. sure of herself, uh-huh. capable. Oh yeah, uh-huh. I loved her in the last. Yeah, movie. yeah, I, that's the that's the Fujiko I wanted to see exactly. a series yeah. on because she was so cool. Mm-hmm. Having just watched uh, part four, like not long before we watched this, I I love Fujiko's character and, and I like her rel- relationship with Lupin as a very kind of flirtatious playful mm-hmm. will they won't they type relationship yeah. mm-hmm. and she clearly you know can stand on her own whereas this movie no. did not no. let her do Girl any need of that a man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's very damsel in distress yeah. and yeah. that is the one of the big disappointments mm. from yeah. this movie for me. I, I sort of get Same. what they were going for but the execution failed so hard yeah um it, it's just so it felt so sexualized in a way as mm. well like you know how we nowadays have a lot of movie where they're like we need one like shirtless scene or one like yeah. getting dressed scene like the one that disturbed me most was like star trek into darkness had one mm. of the girl getting yeah, changed and just, yeah. i feel like no everyone sat reason. there was like why yeah we that's... need an underwear shot we yeah. just do and the male that's gaze what this felt like to yeah. me as well because it like when we first saw her was she like oh she's full ass naked yeah. yeah like she's in a bed but she's full uh, on like, like naked you can do that in a badass way like i own it and yeah it, but she was just yeah just it felt like she was very yeah. male gazed yeah. <laughs> especially in this movie because mostly going forward i think until women called fujikomini where it's handled very differently you never see her fully naked, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. And again, in this one, it's it's weird and hypersexualized yeah. to a disturbing degree, especially when, like you said, literally the first time we see yeah, her, yeah, she's mm-hmm. fully naked and then she's showering and it's so, someone's watching her. Someone's watching, yeah. Yeah. I I guess it's trying to 
play on the whole male gaze thing and like Mamo does bring it up later when he's got Lupin in the machine to like look into his dreams and yeah. it's like tits tits Zenigata tits tits physical tits tits yeah. tits fucking physical tits tits which um, I'm sad to say I sort of laughed at I Same. laughed at it as well yeah. mainly because Zenigata is the first one to show up yeah. after the tits mm-hmm. I'm like yeah, that kind of scans for the relationship, I suppose. Yeah, yeah Zenigar is still the best character <laughs> yeah. in these movies. Even this movie couldn't bring him down. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Um, I guess it does try and comment on that in a way, but it doesn't do it in yeah. any meaningful way. No, yeah. they could have turned it around and had the badass girl and went, I don't need any of you. Yeah. But no, they're, no. No, she's she, fully she a damsel yeah, she, in distress yeah, in this movie. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if the same voice actress for all of them but just having the very high-pitched squeely voice doesn't help she was very the the comparison i I had in my head multiple times was she's very princess peach yeah a little bit yeah and that's just that's not the bar you really want to go for so going forward when we're watching loop and stuff this will probably be the voice cast that we'll hear Mm -hmm. other than zeni gata who does change after this um thank god i hated zeni gata's voice in this movie so much because at first it sounds a lot like Doug Erholtz who voices him now, but it's uh, I think it's someone called Jake Martin who I think I think it's a pseudonym. So it's a lot of non-union dubs back then they would use yeah. different names and stuff, um, and he sounds kind of similar. But then he keeps talking and I'm like, oh, you sound like a bad parody of this yeah. character. Um, but yeah, so this is like the sort of concrete cast. You got Tony Oliver as Lupin, uh, Richard Eckhart as Jigen, uh, Lex Lang as Goemon, the voice of Neocortex. Yes! <laughs> yeah, I can hear it now yeah. as well. That is amazing. Yep, and then you've got Michelle Ruff as Fujiko, and I think you can tell that this was one of their very early Oh yeah, this is very this much cast. a break-in for yeah, all these characters. especially Michelle Ruff as Fujiko. Like, I, I, I think I mentioned this to you, Sean, is that, you know, she has a very seductive sultry voice and a lot of the later stuff with mm-hmm. michelle ruff here i can hear it at times yeah but a lot of the time it's very much not there yeah. and i don't know if that's the direction even though this is directed by richard epcar who also directed part four's dub which is very good uh, or if it's just the material they're working with for the movie mm. i don't i don't like <sighs> well yeah, no one sounds quite right in this movie to me, mm. I don't think. Mm. Especially uh, Fujiko. She sounds... Mm-hmm. I think Princess Peach is a very yeah. good way yeah, to describe it. You know, well, and mm-hmm. when you play it, she doesn't really say anything. She just kind of goes, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, you know, Fujiko's characterization is going to be a sticking point for us throughout it. Oh, yeah. Because um, we all loved her so much. Oh, yeah. She was so cool. cool. And then to go to this where we were all like, go! Oh. Yeah, like I I knew nothing about Mamo before I went into it. And like the first scene I see her, I'm like, oh shit, what, what the fuck am I getting into here? I first here? generally thought it wasn't her. I was like, oh, yeah. some new female character. Yeah. And then like, I was like, this is going to be come? our, uh, oh. I forget, the princess in Castro Oh, Clarice. Clarice, yeah. yeah. That, this was going to be our Clarice character for this film, mm-hmm. which. I wasn't expecting like to be a running thing for these movies, but it's when I first not, saw it, yeah. I know it's not like, and obviously revealed mm-hmm. it wasn't. But I was like, okay, sure, I guess we're doing this. I yeah. don't mind. We'll see who that is. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's Fujiko. Uh huh. 
that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then it takes a very long time to establish what's actually happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it wastes a lot of time on kind of very, I guess, heist of the week-esque. Yeah. Moments. It's very heisty. That's what that first part felt a lot like to me, mm-hmm. and I think, and that's, mm-hmm. funnily enough, the part that was the strongest part of the movie for me. Yeah, yeah I get that. Um, I think narratively, sh- it, it certainly is, because um, it feels more akin to like an extended episode mm. of of one of the TV series. I mean, it's got his classic car from the first uh, from part one, which is the Mercedes he's driving, and then they get in a mini, which yeah. I'm kind of disappointed by. wasn't the iconic yellow car he has, yeah. uh, which is a a Fiat. Or I, I don't know. It's an Italian car. I know yeah. that much. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it was odd because it just kind of felt re- really scattershot in yeah. the early part of the movie until they get to the until they get to the safe house mm-hmm. and it's like totally destroyed. Like I don't feel like the movie had much of a trajectory as to where it was going. No, I I just whenever a movie is kind of weird in how it tells a story and you can't really tell this is the setup, this is we're now after act two. I find myself checking the time a lot to Same. be like, oh is oh this is about act one because it's usually about thirds. Yeah. And I just constantly was like, we still have this left. Yeah, like really. I remember. Like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> I remember getting Amamo's first death, <laughs> and there's still forty minutes on the clock. Mm-hmm. Mm. I remember checking at that point, being like forty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how the hell do they continue this? Yeah. I was almost convinced there were gonna be forty minute credits. Yeah, I was like, I know that there are some movies that have long credits. But this but is too long. This is too long. And I'm like, where where can they go? As like because the original title of the movie is Lupin versus the Clones. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we have the mystery of Mamo, and I'm like, they can't continue the movie on without the titular antagonist. Because yeah. even without the Mamo name in the original Japanese, the clone very much refers to Mamo as yeah. you kind of find out. Yeah, yeah. Um so I was like, where, where is this going to go? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just muddles its way through. Yeah, you kind of feel like you yeah. Like, nothing's really happening. You kind of mm. feel like, where 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 are we going? Yeah. yeah, and then it's like, you know, you cut to the Japanese less land, as it's written. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Japanese restaurant where, you know, uh, Zenigata is like told, you can't go after Lupin, mm-hmm. which is a recurring theme. He's told you're off the case, and then suddenly he's just fucking he's, back he's again. Still on the case. <laughs> <laughs> he's off the case, but he's not taking that shit. No, this is his life's work, right? Here. Zenigata he's is a cop chasing who... that fucker, and I love him for <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, Zenigata is the cop who plays by the rules, but not really. Um, he plays by the rules until Lupin shows up, and then yeah. he's like, "You're not following the rules." Yeah, Lupin's <laughs> his berserk button. You just throw him into a situation and he'll just go right for him. The thing no is, the it cost. doesn't matter the situation, it doesn't matter what the fuck's going on he's like, this is Lupin. And they're like no, it's not. And he's like, but Lupin. it is. Lupin! Lupin! <laughs> love Zenigata. I love that there's just like tons of compilations on YouTube of like Zenigata screaming Lupin's name. <laughs> you, uh... You, when you show me like a clip, like this is the only clip I've seen of mm. like Lupin the Third, the, the first, first. <laughs> like 
I don't know the context, but they seem like they're in a desert or whatever. Yeah. Like they seem lost, and he's like, "I'm gonna have to call in the only one that can find us now." Yeah. And if I'm just like, he goes to like a, a police radio, or whatever. Hello, and then suddenly <laughs> there's a helicopter above him, and it's just Zenigata. Lupin. <laughs> I love their relationship so much. Yeah, that's I would like the best part of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I would, honest to God, watch a full movie of just them chasing each other <laughs> yes and i would be satisfied yeah it's it's very fun uh th- a lot of the time they end up teaming up which i, I yeah. really enjoy it, um because the, there's uh, just to quickly cut nothing like really spoiler related like to the end of like the movie that when they're like on the island escaping and they both they're like he uh lupin's in ha- like a Oh, they're like handcuffed together yeah. by the ankles. And like, uh, Fujiko's been like saved by Goemon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lupin's just missed it, and so Zenigat. And they're like, well, old buddy. And <laughs> yeah. they just run. That yeah, was a heartwarming moment. Yeah. And I was like, this would be a beautiful ending to a better movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like, it cuts to that, and you're in that restaurant, and he's told, you know, stop it. Stop it. Don't <laughs> stop. go after him. And then it's like, they're just in a hotel room. And they're just talking, and you're like, where is this going? Yeah. yeah. Like, you have no idea of what's, you it know, happening. there's no villain yeah. anymore. There's no clear trajectory. There's no goal that they can mm-hmm. have suddenly ripped away from them and be told, oh, well, you know, Mamo's not dead. Suddenly. From the abyss. From the abyss. <laughs> he appears. Mamo just appears. And I. Good? Yeah, I thought I heard a car going past in the headphones. That was really weird. Might be me sniffling to be honest. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear a car. Um, but yeah, so like, the, when that scene ends, I I love kind of like Lupin's Enigata's, you know, his explanations of shit and the shenanigans mm-hmm. that goes on. But I hate the scene after Mamo's like, you know, standing in the abyss. The dream sequence. The dream yes. sequence because it's like he's like. Oh, this furniture's recently been moved. And there's a hole in the wall. So he pumped sleeping gas in here, took us out, gave us the show, and put us back in. And I'm like, uh, what? It very immediately, like, with no, like, belt up, it's just suddenly a Sherlock Holmes-esque, yeah. like, and, like, deduction. Lupin, and it's Lupin, like, what? I mean, I know yeah, we mentioned Lupin before does that he's, do like, that occasionally. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he's based off, like, an, a ver- yeah, that... French version of like Sherlock Holmes, which we discussed. Well, mm-hmm. the antithesis of Sherlock Holmes. So like yeah. Arsene Lupin's uh, master thief, and that's what okay. Lupin the Third is. And so like that's where the deduction stuff comes from. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, in that and it's a weird thing of like Mamo recurringly calls Lupin a savant, and I'm like, what? What is the point of this movie? Like, <laughs> yeah. what is the point of constantly bringing that up? Because it doesn't go anywhere. No, it doesn't serve any purpose. And I'm like. I mean, he's not a savant. He's a lovable fucking idiot. Yeah. yeah. Who's just good at thieving. <laughs> it's like, he's not that smart. Don't give him too yeah, much this credit. This is the one thing he's good at. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's an earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. Everything and, just kind of happens. Yeah. And it's like, because it suddenly then just cuts to Mamo and Fujiko in the bunker. On their island. On their yeah. island with, you know, Mamo saying he's launched you know, nukes at, or missiles at the US. No, he, do, he never presses the no. USSR button that's there. No. He just the just US. America. Yeah. You know his motivations. No yeah. way. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Lupin just appears and saves Fujiko 
There's then just this extended chase sequence. That just went on for too long. Yeah. It really did. And then you're, you're still wondering what the hell's going on. He meets one of the other clones who claims he's 130th generation, which would mean Mammal has been doing this for like thousands of years. Yeah. And I'm like, categorically, that can't make sense. I mean, no. they bring it up as well. I mean, I know it's in the dream sequence mm. and mm. Mammal's very much like an egomaniac who could be not telling the truth, but he says he's like shaped human history. Yeah, I don't get that, that whatsoever. I feel like they should have explained it like, oh, because at some point there's Hitler. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering when Hitler was. I've been wondering how I could segue into Hitler, and there's just no good way to segue. There's not. You can segue into literally Hitler. No, because like the whole that whole sequence is so strange because he's running through like this weird kind of garden palace. Yeah, where suddenly he's just runs through a Dali painting. Mm-hmm. Then there's Napoleon, <laughs> and then there's just fucking Hitler. Wasn't and there's like, Stalin at some point as well. I don't. I didn't. Oh see no, Stalin. Stalin's in the um, montage oh, of human yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and along with Karl Marx. Oh, yep, yeah, Karl yeah. Marx. And Hitler Marx. shows up again. Yeah. yeah. I think. Uh, I think there were a few Chinese. Uh, yeah, I noticed ones, and then mm-hmm. I think Hirohito maybe yeah. for Japan. It's, so it's, it's even worse because in that monologue where all these faces are happy, he says the greatest minds. In yeah, and it's mostly and it's showing like, dictators. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck is yeah. it all about? Mm-hmm. Like, for a country that's tried very hard to distance itself from its, you know, pre World mm-hmm. War II self, which I absolutely get, it's not mm-hmm. the same country anymore. Mm-hmm good yeah <laughs> this movie just doesn't this movie care. is like you know no. dictatorship and you know millions of people die great people yeah minds. No. like i get that we're not meant to be on mammo's side but that is the strangest way to go about yeah putting like him in our bad books yeah before that we were all like well you know he's a clone what has he done he's yeah. influenced history and then hitler pushed Huh. Yeah, oh. mm. I'm just glad they didn't give him any dialogue. Yeah, honestly, like yeah. I don't. I mean, we had a full Nazi salute. That which yeah. Lupin was like, I suppose I do it too. I'm like, he, Lupin. No, no, no. Hitler didn't salute him. He encountered Hitler, and that was just his reaction. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. his instinct. He just he he said, uh, "Hail mein Führer," and threw up the Nazi <laughs> salute. And I'm like, what the fuck? There's like. There's no natural reaction to encountering Hitler because no, no. of course there's not. But that shouldn't be fucking it. That's the last one that <laughs> yeah. you want to do. It's so bizarre. Yeah, and then so back to the <laughs> the that whole chase sequence. You know, then eventually leads to them in an underground missile silo, I, something I, I like that. It suddenly just goes from rock to metal metal yeah it suddenly becomes very sci-fi yeah and then you know there's a pretty brutal death scene for mammo during that where he's like let on fire yeah and he's like for a long 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 time i totally get fujiko's reaction to that yeah he should have been ash like within like a couple of seconds he gets a full-on he walks up he does almost does the pointed finger to like Uh i was so uncomfortable during that scene I and I was like, like I burn. get, I get what Fujiko's going through right yeah. now. <laughs> it was, it was just too long, and I was yeah. just getting more uncomfortable as it went on. I'm like, first of all, how are you walking? Because he walked a bit too casually. Yeah, <laughs> like, like he goes he from so, so to to kind of paint the picture. There's like this long, very kind of runway esque type mm-hmm. part where like 
Mamo fires like light beam lasers at Lupin, yeah. and Lupin reflects them with a bit of uh, Goemon's blade. You know, Goemon coming in clutch because he never fucking does anything else in these movies. Yeah. Um, the blade, which just for some reason broke and made him severely depressed. Yeah, which I I mean I do get. Zeniga, uh, uh, no, not Zeniga. Sorry, I'm thinking because the sword's called Zen Zentetsuken. Um. Goemon's very attached to his sword. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. he's the archetype uh, samurai. He's the love story this movie needed. <laughs> yeah. Him and the sword. Yeah. yeah um, Better than Lupin and Fujiko for the yeah. entire oh, movie. Yeah, I miss movie 100%. <laughs> um, and so he reflects it back and then, you know, that's when Mamo gets set on fire. And so he walks from this runway... Up a set of stairs, and then like a long, like a catwalk type thing, on fire towards Fujiko, and then falls over and kind of extends. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He gets like a solid foot taller. Oh yeah, best way to describe it. Yeah, Um, and then you're again left wondering where is this going? Because there's still, I want to say something like twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. minutes. This is another point where I try to think. How are we feeling? Yeah. He's, he is gone. Uh-huh. Yeah, like and I'm dead. sitting there like, how has this only been 20 minutes since I last checked? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and then the giant brain appears. Which suddenly feels like it a sonic boss. How is there 20 more minutes? Yeah. Giant brain? Giant brain? Brain. <laughs> brain. It's Lupin. It's Lupin and the brain. Brain, 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 brain. brain. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, it's so strange because, like, it just appears. There's no setup, no build up. It just slowly rises yeah. from the, the, the ground and starts talking to him. And it claims that's the original, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Which means that thing has been there for thousands yes. of years. It, it kind of reminded me like the Star Wars fish from the Suicide Squad movie. A yeah. Lo- yeah, yeah, I get right? that. It suddenly Star-o? feels like a... Yeah, Star Wars. That's yeah. the one. I think I called it um, a Metroid boss. <laughs> well, I did the Metroid music like a couple of yeah, seconds like, ago. Yeah. Last night, I think yeah. I called it a Metroid boss when I seen it. It's very something from a very different, you know... Movie, movie, franchise, mm-hmm. series, altogether different genre, um, and it, and, and like to, to, I don't think we're doing this justice. Like this isn't a normal human-sized brain. <laughs> no, this no. is fucking massive. Like, like imagine an ancient-ass tree, that's huge. And a brain. Yeah. That's the size of a brain. <laughs> yes. So if you've ever seen a Minuteman missile. Imagine one of them tipped with a brain that matches that thing's fucking circumference. Yeah. I want to talk about this. Why put precious cargo in the tip? Yeah, <laughs> just... good question. What I don't get is that he talks and Lupin is like thrown back, which I think is meant to hint that he caused the earthquake like that. Mm. And I I don't know if it's meant to be like he's on the tip <laughs> so that he causes the destruction. I, I don't... It just feels like seeing a rocket with a brain in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing that completely took over my mind, that I didn't yeah. even clock anything else. And no. so, like, it takes off, and it heads up, and as it kind of gets to... It's... it's uh, Is it the perigee? Apogee? I don't know. Where it... Uh, 
there's there's a word for it where like something goes up and then kind of comes back down. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's part of a par- parabolic curve, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I don't know the word, but I know exactly what you're describing. Yeah, so it's it's, it's the way that that missiles like this are are kind of fired off as mm-hmm. they, they head up sort of just into space and then come back down um, to their target. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently Lupin's just set a bomb yeah. that we've mm-hmm. never seen happen. No. I mean, there isn't there like a like a moment where like either he f- not not that he falls onto he, it, but like he like clings to it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and L- then he made a watch into it. Like, yeah, he used his yeah. watch, I think. Which I feel like we should have had the watch mentioned like clearly, yeah. so we're like, oh my god, he's using the watch. It but should it was have been just, set up. Yeah, is that a fucking watch? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like a, a Lupin always wears a watch, so yeah. I think if you've maybe seen. Part one and part two of the TV series, you kind Maybe. of just understand like things that he uses mm-hmm. in his arsenal. Um, so it's not something I kind of batted my eye at because I just watched part four before mm-hmm. this, and he does that sort of thing quite a lot. Not quite a lot, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it explodes, mm-hmm. and rather than the brain doing what any normal human organ would do in space and shriveling up and drying out and turning to ice and just yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, disintegrating into nothingness or exploding. It drifts off into the sun like something out of fucking 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. It just straight up, like, the movie just supermans its villain into the yeah. sun. Like, it just needed the, the fucking, is it Zarathustra, that piece that plays in 2001? Ah, uh, I don't know that. You know the music that I I'm talking that. about? I'm not sure. I, I couldn't even. Hum it. It's like the one with the the drums and stuff like dun, that. Dun 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 uh-huh. dun dun uh-huh. Oh yeah yeah. That's it. Yeah, that one. I could just hear that music as it slowly drifted over Earth, mm-hmm. the Moon, and then into the Sun. And this I'm like, this is where I thought that it would end. Yes, yeah. that's what I thought. And I'm like, cool. This movie is end. over. Yeah. yeah. And it still has happy. ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like the credits could just went right there. Yeah. And I would have been completely yeah, I fine. I would have been so satisfied with that ending. Yeah. Like, same. Great. But then Lupin gets arrested by Zenigata, who's just hiding under the rubble. Yeah. And. They make us think that Fujiko has been like injured or whatever, but then it's like turned out that no, she was just tricking. Yeah. Because Zenigata told her to. Because he threatened to arrest her. Yeah, which is a weird beat to play right after the mind fuck that is the brain into the sun. Yeah. And like, I I kind of do get it. It's that them trying to play into their normal relationship, but Mm -hmm. this movie has established that nothing about this Mm -hmm. movie is their normal relationship. So what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, we haven't even mentioned the fact that way before any of this, when Lupin went to rescue Ma- uh, Fujiko from Mamo's island place and he finds her again, there's an extended sequence where they're going up an elevator and they're like seconds away from fucking. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I mean, there's so many instances where they are seconds away yeah. from fucking. Even was it in the desert house? They were sleeping like separate rooms. Oh, that was really fucking rapey. That was yeah. I I was also like, that's. I hear some rape whistles going. Yeah, like it was not okay. Like I said, like their their relationships normally really playful and Mm -hmm. and like sexually charged. That is their relate. That's their you know dynamic. It's like it's on both sides usually yeah this, and this was one was fully yeah. one sided uh-huh. and one person being like no it always yeah. feels like there's a layer of respect between them yeah or at yeah. least what i got from kagura uh-huh. which just was not there yeah no. and it's weird that just sort of to, the reason i brought this up is to tie it back to the end yeah. where 
suddenly that respect comes back. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he kisses her. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to explain what happens after that because it's yeah, so it's, weird. It was mm. so weird that I was like, why? Again, this was the second point where I was like, oh, that's a good ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, yeah, it yeah. could have just done the, the whole circle down to nothing blackness mm-hmm. and, and end and then credits. Sure. But no, the camera pans down from them kissing. Lupin pulls down her shirt uh. and pokes her in the nipple. <laughs> I watched it. I was like, who in the studio <laughs> yes. wrote the screenplay yeah. that said, they kiss, then. Yeah. <laughs> then nipple button. <laughs> yeah. Like... It may honestly make me think she was a robot. I'm sure she yeah. Because yeah. I was like, this is no normal human interaction. No. Like, it's not like he... My parents are probably listening to this. Oh, I'm sorry, mum and dad. Um, it's not like he even, you know, pinches it or or does anything a normal human being would do. Yeah. Which would not be going for the nipple in this situation in the first this place. This was no but... nipple-worthy situation. No. But if they did, they wouldn't just poke. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would be more natural if they leaned back and booped someone's nose. Yeah. I'd yeah. be like... But Weird, then it pans funny. back up, and she's fully into it. Yeah, she's fine with yeah. it for some yeah. reason. I was expecting a full-on punch. Yeah, uh-huh. this is a punch-worthy yeah. event. Answer. Like, normally this is where she would, like, kick him or something yeah. like that. But no. no. Or, like, a, yeah, a groin knee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then... He gets handcuffed. I, I... He's handcuffed at this point, because Zenigat is fully yeah. handcuffed to oh, him. Oh, yeah, I remember Telling thinking... him to fucking stop. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, I don't want to see this. He's the one sane person there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like been about him. Like, at first, I'm like, nah, Zenigat, they're gonna, they're, yeah. it's fine. You know, they're yeah. they're reuniting, they're kissing, yeah. stop being a prude, and then... And then no. that happened. And then that <laughs> happened, and I'm like, no, I'm fully with Zenigata no, here. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but then, you know, the, the island starts getting pelted with all of these missiles. Yeah, this is the like point where I got extremely nauseous by the amount of flashing lights. There, mm. Now, I did not realise this uh, until I put on the Blu-ray myself, because it's not at the beginning of the movie, like, file itself. Mm-hmm. It's at the beginning of the Blu-ray disc. Where there's an, a a flashing light warning, so yeah. really that's on me. It, look, it's I never really get bothered by flashing lights, but oh, I've this been was looking bad. at like, a screen mm-hmm. for like at this point one hour forty, and I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm like I'm ready for it to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like out of it already. But this is also like the third instance. Yeah, of it's this sort of thing. so much blowing up. That's very flashy. It's yeah. made well, but it's a lot on the eyes. You can it's tell this is pre. Porygon, yeah, you know, um, yeah. electric soldier Porygon, yeah. the Pokemon episode where like mm-hmm. a lot of children, like yeah, a lot yeah. Of which has yeah. changed the course of like anime when it mm-hmm. comes to flashing images mm. for ever since. Really, you know, like the entire industry, even beyond that, like in like games as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because it feels like in recent years there's been so many controversies over stuff like that, where you know mm-hmm. Cyberpunk left in a, a, a sequence originally that could trigger photosensitive epilepsy because it's all to do with like a com- a, the certain colour combinations yeah. but also it can be to do with like the speed and frequency of the flashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cyberpunk did it. Uh, <laughs> Evangelion, the final, the the, th- the fourth movie, sorry, 3.0 plus 1.0, whatever the fuck it's called, <laughs> Thrice Upon a Time, um, had a sequence that 
could have potentially triggered and you know, yeah. that's an anime like people should have learned for that but Anno is one of these people who pushed back against it and was like oh come on <laughs> yeah and I'm like no you can't no, do that no. on it's only a seizure yeah so it's <laughs> like if you watch any broadcast anime like if you watch stuff on Crunchyroll if it has like scenes of like bright flashing lights you'll notice mm-hmm. that the screen dims quite yeah, a bit yeah. and it'll get it's commonly called ghosting I think where mm. it like brings it down so you're not as susceptible to yeah. it because if you're buying it on home video you'll get what we got in mm-hmm. Mamo. <laughs> it, it was just a lot and I was so done already that I legit once it was finally over after like it's seventh perfect ending yep. <laughs> that I just really had to take a minute and just kind of you know get some fresh air yeah. It was it was just too much. I yeah. want to say it's even worse because when I was watching it, I was in like my room, and because mm-hmm. the way I was watching it, it was like right next to like my window, uh-huh. mm-hmm. which had, which was very bright as well. So I had to like put yeah. my blackout blinds yeah. on, watch it in the dark, and all that. And those that was so bright, I legitimately had to like cover my eyes or like close them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I it was hurting. I found that as well, especially like I think there's one scene where Mamo. Oh, it's the scene where he gets hit by the lighting, the light rays. Mm. Yeah. Um, that end scene where everything's kind of blowing up. There's the one where Lupin gets electrocuted. Yeah. Uh, that was, I think, one of the big ones. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that one's white on black. Yeah. Like rapidly. It's it's um, it's a lot. Yeah. And like underneath it all is very well animated, mm-hmm. but it is still really intense. And I was watching it at like I think maybe ten thirty, mm-hmm. and I had my blackout curtains closed because you know that's how i watch movies because my tv's directly in front of my window and i was like fucking hell this is intense Mm -hmm. and my head was starting to hurt from it um i just uh, yeah it's such a weird but then you know the after all that is when we get zenigata and lupin running away in the credits roll and lupin starts singing over the credits as japanese va (laughs) which i didn't expect um it's it's a very wild journey. Yeah, like I I don't know if I would recommend this look as much as the Castle Carolina because it I is wouldn't. just very yeah. disturbing. I I know I just I wouldn't. I, to watch this yeah. movie, I'd say I'd recommend this if you're a Lupin fan. And so you're oh, definitely, yeah. I think you would need to be very far into watching other mm. Lupin stuff. I would not prioritize Oh, Lupin. no. Like, I would never <laughs> yeah, recommend yeah, yeah. this as someone's first Lupin mm. experience, which is why I'm glad we covered Cagliostro first. Mm. Yeah, like, I mentioned this when I was talking to you, mm. but uh, if we had watched this one first instead of Cagliostro, I can tell you right now, I would not be as enthusiastic yeah, to watch yeah. more definitely. Lupin stuff. Because there's part of me that was thinking, you know, when it comes to Lupin, maybe we should cover things chronologically, go mm-hmm. through the movies, because I think there's only something like six and then go through the TV specials and then the TV series, obviously slowly over time. Yeah. Absolutely. But now I'm thinking we just jump around and go with them wherever. Because yeah. if we, I feel like we're going to encounter some really weird stuff mm-hmm. yeah. if we keep going with this, because Mamo really sideswiped all of us, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I should start watching them ahead of recommending <laughs> stuff for the... <laughs> Because I, I, there are times I want to go into stuff blind for the yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I regret it for this one, though. Mm. Uh, I did rate this, I think, an 8 out of 10 on my anime list. Because despite all the weird, creepy shit, the animation, the music, the... overall, it is a fun movie at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say, just to go off the animation thing, this 
animation wise, it's a beautiful movie. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, I remember like saying, I think I even like the look of this better than Cagliostro. Yeah, I'd say I like this better than Cagliostro. I think because Cagliostro maybe plays it a bit safer. It feels mm-hmm. a lot more like. I mean, I know it's made by Miyazaki, mm-hmm. but it feels a lot more like his sort of. Yeah, I don't want to say generic because that makes it sound bad. No, but, but he's he has a style, you know. It's, yeah, he's an auteur, so mm-hmm. he has a style that he brings to all of his movies, which yeah. I think can be said for pretty much everyone that touches Lupin. They have their own style, um, which is fun because whenever we cover Dead or Alive, I think it's Dead or Alive anyway. Uh, one of the movies is actually directed by Monkey Punch, the manga author, which I'm really wow. intrigued to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, stylistically, I think i prefer this to cagliostro yeah i think cagliostro has maybe a little more polish in some places i th- i mean to me i'd say it looks a bit too clean yeah mm-hmm. I, that is definitely an issue i have with with cagliostro when i watch it because something i loved about mamo in particular is just sort of getting to see and i don't know if it, either of you really picked up on this uh but like how they would compose stuff is sometimes really clear Mm -hmm. in the way it's been restored. Like, when they first kill Mamo and he's been shot in the head, when you see that scene of him kind of lying down and he slowly uh, Mm kind of drops and the camera moves, you can see the cell that they had layered on top for him sliding down. You can still see the dirt marks and stuff. Ah. Uh, And then in the caves, when, like, everything's on fire, Mm -hmm. you can see them moving like two layers of cells together and waving them to give mm-hmm. the, the flames motion oh, i didn't yeah. see that but i, no, I think i maybe only noticed it because i watched it on you know the big tv yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah. um i don't know if it's like multiple layers because the flames are definitely moving but i can also mm-hmm. see kind of like, like patterns in patterns it. of yeah. where like the 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 cell itself is being mm-hmm. kind of manipulated mm. and you don't see any of that sort of thing with cagliostro you don't see no. that with any miyazaki mm-hmm. movie because he is uh, he is a perfectionist, a notorious perfectionist. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I just love that about these kind of older movies is seeing the the way they would kind of structure stuff just to give give stuff mm-hmm. its effect and, and all that sort of thing. Because um, anime is inherently a, a medium that has to cut every corner possible to fit mm-hmm. within a budget. Um, but yeah, so Mamo is, is a journey... Um, I really hope that people have watched this before listening to this episode because oh, yeah. I don't feel like we've painted the best picture of it. Nah. And like, I really enjoyed it. I don't think I'd recommend this to anyone who hasn't seen a substantial amount of Lupin before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what else to say, to be honest about it. it it's just very much... I, I don't know if it's a product of its time, but it's it, it just exists in its own space. Yeah, I, I do feel that, and I was kind of wondering maybe just earlier Lupin Fujiko was like that and mm-hmm. it's maybe because I've only seen more recent stuff because mm-hmm. I've seen Women Called Fujiko Mine which is 2013 part 4 which is 2015 and the first which is 20, uh, 2019 so like I'm seeing modern Fujiko for the yeah. most yeah, part yeah. and I don't know if it's just been time that's kind of moulded the character yeah. that she is sort of shaped her into what the character is now yeah. which I would say unequivocally is better yeah 100 percent. but like i also feel like that's maybe just not the case because cagliostro did her so much more justice and it seemed to fit right in and that was only Mm. like a year after yeah pretty much yeah Yeah. um because i think at this point lupin was on a 
kind of yearly schedule for movies and TV specials. Or maybe the TV specials went on a yearly schedule after part three finished airing. Because mm. um, part two was coming out at the time that this was in theatres. Because uh, you can kind of judge when uh, things are set based on the jacket Lupin's wearing. Because uh. he's wearing the red jacket in this one, which is uh, part two. Okay. Whereas Cagliostro is the green jacket, which is part one. Oh. I think it's the green jacket anyway. Yeah, it's green. That? Yeah. yeah. Um, then part three is the pink jacket. <laughs> I want to see the pink jacket. <laughs> Part five, uh, five and four and five, sorry, have the uh, blue jacket, which is sweet. Set in Italy, <laughs> and then you're gonna hate Part five because it's set in France. Oh fuck me. <laughs> we'll get there when we we'll get, get there. We'll get there when mm-hmm. we get there. Yeah, but no, this is this is. We're gonna take a break from Lupin after this. I think. Absolutely. I think I, I can't wait to course correct and watch the first next because uh, that was gonna be like after we had seen quite a lot of Lupin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I think that's going to be our next. Yeah, I think that's the one, from just that clip you showed yeah. me, that's the one I kind of want to see. It's, it's a very fun one, and it's like, uh, it's it's a th- it's rather than 2D animation, it's 3D CG, mm-hmm. yeah. and very, very nice at that. I didn't expect to, like, just looking at stills and stuff, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to jive with, but when, again, yeah. that clip, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty well done. Yeah, I was, I was kind of curious about how it would work out um when you know they kind of first announced it and showed you know stills and clips and everything like that because uh, i i like 3d cg when it comes to anime um i like seeing i like seeing its development pretty mm. much because uh back in 2014 they released a series called knights of sidonia which was polygon pictures and ever since then which was that was their first tv series i've followed everything they've made and seeing them develop has been amazing that obviously not who animated the first like don't know who animated the first i don't think it was i don't know if it was tms or if they optioned it out to a different studio yeah um but we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> we'll find out when we talk about that yes. in its own dedicated episode so that's mystery of mammo it's, uh, it's a good time to just move on yeah, yeah i think we've said all we can yeah i i do want to bring it back just quickly mm-hmm. because the first thing when this movie started before it got fucking weird I was so happy that it had the Lupin theme mm. for the yeah. opening because I'm like, oh, you guys get to finally see it mm-hmm. in context. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think this movie utilizes it properly whatsoever. It was nice to hear. It's yeah, nice it's, to hear. It's yeah. a good theme. I like the mm-hmm. theme. It's a very good theme, but I'm, and I like this rendition, but it's maybe a bit too chill because it mm. normally gets used in chase sequences or when Lupin's doing some kind of badass. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Like, we get one mm-hmm. in the ch- chase early on with the truck mm-hmm. and the police. Mm-hmm. I don't think it fits very well, nah. uh, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, moving on, we'll we'll transition into Galaxy Express 3.9. Oh. Again, unfortunately, I'm very sorry that this is not available in the UK. <laughs> I'm going to stop doing this, I swear. Um, uh, yeah, so if you want to watch it, you're going to need a region-free, region-free Blu-ray player or a Blu-ray player on your disc drive and some funky software. Three <laughs> nine. <laughs> um, so if you want to get this and watch it, uh, which again I highly recommend, mm. uh, you can go up one.co.uk and get it there for probably cheaper than Amazon. Again, pretty much if if we ever talk about imports, your best location to buy it from is probably up one. Mm-hmm. Um, United Publications up one.co.uk. I'll put a link to both Mamo and Galaxy Express's uh, product pages down in the description below. 
uh, obviously I'll tag us as well, but mm-hmm. Linkster won't be affiliated. Um, and I apologise for the state of their sites. Doesn't look like it's been, it's been updated since the nineties. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on to the actual movie. I just feel like I have to. I'm no, gonna have to get that out of the way when yeah. we're discussing yeah, yeah, things. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that this one. Choo-choo. I'm <laughs> again like Ghost in the Shell. I'm worried about how mm. you guys liked it. Mm. Uh, I didn't. It's not. I didn't. I mean. I liked it more than Mammal, which yes. I know isn't saying much, but Same. not a high bar to clear up. <laughs> yeah, I know, but uh, it was oh. a, it was all it felt ch- long. Yeah, that's yeah. the first thing I want to say. Like by the end of this movie, I had fun, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I felt physically exhausted. Yeah, I yeah, I maybe should have warned you guys about this because I get I warned you about Ghost in the Shell's pacing. Mm-hmm. I really probably should have warned you about this this movie's pacing because it is a journey and a oh, half. Yeah. Journey is the word I would describe this, <laughs> mm-hmm. this movie and not just because it's said in the lyrics of the song. Yeah. yeah. I watched it in two parts because mm-hmm. I was exhausted. Yeah, I wish I had done <laughs> that. Which, to be fair, th- this one feels like it could be pretty easily split into mm-hmm. like multiple mm-hmm. parts yeah i would say three would be ideal three yeah parts. Mm-hmm. one for like each of the acts because each act feels like its own separate contained yeah i get that yeah like just to briefly describe them if that's cool yeah uh the first half is sort of like him getting on the train and i'd say up to when he meets the the mum of like on the, uh, m- the old uh, lady on metal yeah oh metal or do you mean the old? No, oh, I mean the old. Mean, um, you mean Torturo's like mom? on a yeah. Titan, I think. It is. Titan, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You mean Torturo's mom who gives him the gun and the hat? Yeah, him mm-hmm. or her. <laughs> sorry, mm-hmm. him for the son, her for the mum. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that whole story with like and like the bandit leader mm-hmm. and all that—that's a whole narrative that like, was cool. Yeah, could have stopped there <laughs> and maybe taken a break. Set the second yeah. act is. All of, like, everything past that up to after he kills... Count Mecha. Count Mecha, yeah. yeah. And then the final act, planet, metal. 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 The amount of times they speak, metal. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. especially at the end, yeah, when, when he's, he's running, chasing the I'm train, like, and it's, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting metal to be like, what? What do you want? Because <laughs> I think it's, like, it starts just, I think, after um, Captain Harlock? He says, "Don't trust Maytel," and then no, they oh, say, uh, the bandit leader. Oh, the bandit, him. Because yeah. he like he sacrifices himself. Yeah, to, that's like, the one. Save. Don't yeah. you fucking mix up Captain Harlock again? I swear Look, to God, I don't. <laughs> that was very aggressive. <laughs> I adore Harlock. I mean, he I was mean, a he great character. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, that the whole pirate like crew of like mm-hmm. him and like oh, what's her name? The Queen Emeraldus. Emeraldus. Mm-hmm. She was great. Yeah, liked yes. her. The whole pirate thing was fantastic. This is something yeah. that I was like really excited to discuss because Leiji Matsumoto, who wrote the manga that this is based on, like essentially created the first extended universe oh. within mm. manga. I mean, you know, Marvel Comics would have been gone on at the time, but mm. like in so. terms of connecting in a way that didn't really mean you had to read everything. Yeah. Because um, Harlock has his own series, Emeraldus has her own series. Um, Ooh, but they nice. all appear kind of in each other's mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that I'm always happy to see Harlock show up and stuff. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. a very fun character. I mean, he was cool. Yeah. He was very cool. 
I feel like I, I like the Queen Emeraldus especially. Mm -hmm. Just yes. She after awesome. after fucking mystery mom, I was like, can we just have a woman? That's we not... need a, we need the Fujiko that we were promised. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I think it handles a romance with Emeraldus a lot better. Like because you know that that was a very sweet story. Mm -hmm. Um. But you know, didn't make her a damsel in distress. No. I just love that the first time fucking Tetsuro sees her ship, he just takes a pot shot at it. That yeah, was basically he shoot. opens the window, shoots, he shoots through it. Oh, he shoots through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone's just like, "What the? Why the fuck did you yeah. do that?" Yeah, and he's just like, "My mission." <laughs> just looks pirate ship. Ha! Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh shit, that's Emeraldus. I'm looking for her. <laughs> Let me How get her attention. To get her attention. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So, um, where do we start with this movie? We've kind of like just kind of gone fill in. I sort of described each different yeah. act, so we can sort of jump in wherever God. I think at this there's, point. There's so much. Like I, part of me wants to start at the end, but I was like, no, leave it. I mean, we can start at the end if you want. Yeah. yeah. Like this movie again. After he killed Count Mecca, I looked at the time. I'm like. This was his end goal. Same. They've been setting yeah. this up. Like, there's no setup for whatever's going to happen next. <laughs> Until the guy announces, arriving planet Maytel. <laughs> I mean, and it does set like, up. Hmm. Because the bandit leader tells him not to trust Maytel. Yeah, but that's yeah. like after? That's, no, that's during, during the, yeah, battle, yeah. the battle yeah, of Count Yeah, I feel like we like needed just, it, just like one mention in the beginning. It, it sort of hints at it throughout the movie, though. I honestly didn't notice, but that could be me. Because uh, I, I noticed some like the hints. Yeah, because yeah, there's the fact that you know she just kind of kidnaps yeah. <laughs> Tetsuro from the beginning. Um, there's then when they get to the the, the planet uh, when they're on Titan and you know she's been captured by the bandit leader and they mm. reunite and they do the body scan. She's yeah. visibly worried mm. about yeah yeah being checked. I mean, and it's that that like if in that moment you're thinking, oh, we don't know if she's a robot or a uh -huh. human. Yeah. And then they showed that she's a human, but she's still sort of worried, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, her skin did look kind of different. I, I think her bones were less dense and were a bit more... They were, like... Differently animated, Yeah, they were more... F fuzzy's the best way yeah, I, I can describe it. Yeah. There yeah. was something off. Uh, mm -hmm. I do want to mention that, like, just while it's in my head right now, I don't know if it's just me, but, like, did it seem like a lot of, like, the adult female characters have the same sort of face. That's, face. Right. that's, yeah. that's very much a recurring yeah. Matsumoto thing. Okay, because I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if that was a stylistic thing or like an actual thing I was supposed to pick up on. No, yeah. no, that's just how Matsumoto designs a lot of his female characters. Okay, because like... <sighs> I, I, had, I had trouble with it too, because as soon as Maytel walked in, I was like, that's the mom! Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And then That's think, the only intentional yeah, like, exactly. design so was choice. Like, maybe it's intentional, you know, he's mentioned, oh, she kind of looks like my mom. But then I think, who's the next lady to show up? I think it's the Queen Emerald. Emeraldus looks where very like, similar. That's his mom! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then later on when you've got, uh, her, her name begins with an R, but it's like the blue-haired sort of Count Mecha girl. Oh, the guitar player? Yeah. Ryuzo? Ryuzo, I think. Yeah, yeah I think she, something like that just looks like them but with blue hair and yeah. i was like so is she the mom too yeah <laughs> the, the the film i don't think had 
Matsumoto involved, but it's very true to his oh. designs and, and how he yeah. designs characters. I think later on in his work, he started working with his wife, ah. and that's when his his female character designs <laughs> got a bit more varied. Because <laughs> he realised women are other people. It's not but... just hair colour, huh? I think he just yeah. gave the, the, the female yeah, yeah. designs to his wife at that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought, just going off of this, I thought that was going to be like a plot point. Like, this no. was mm. all to say that these were a series of like. He just has mommy issues. Yeah. He's... <laughs> if we take a deep dive into this, it's the psychological impact, but being more practical, it's just the way they're designed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Tetsuro does have mommy issues. Oh, big oh, yeah. ones. Like, 100%. But they're not related to this. No, one. no, no, no. <laughs> Because it's one of my first things. I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, we're seeing it from his perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone's his mom. Nah, yeah, <laughs> that's nah. just, uh, yeah, Matsumoto. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I just wanted to get yeah. that out there. <laughs> I, couldn't mm -hmm. un I couldn't stop noticing it. There, there's a... It's not just uh, exclusive to the female characters. If you mm -hmm. read, like, I'll kind of dive into a lot of his work. There's a lot of recurring character mm. designs in general. Ah, great. Um, Tetsuro's original... Tetsuro's is the only design, I think, that actually changed in this movie um, between the kind of original and the, the movie. Uh, Tetsuro's design in the original mm. is very similar to, like, a bunch of characters in Matsumoto's mm. work. Um, I think he even looks a lot like Tochiro mm. in the original. Um, I mean, he sort of looks a little bit. I he mean, looks I'm a little bit like him in that now, because he, like, got, he the, has the hat and yeah. like, the cape thingy. Cape? But like in the yeah. in the original, he's very similar to Tochiro. Okay. Um, I mean, I thought the twist was going to be that he was like his dad or something. Yeah, same. I actually always, like watching this again when you know we first see when it opens and you kind of see all the wanted posters mm -hmm. and you know Tetsuro appears in front of Harlock's Harlock. one. I'm like. As soon as that happens, like, oh, he's gonna pop up at some point. No, I'm sitting there and I'm like, no, he's not his dad. I was like, yeah, well, that he was originally who I thought was gonna be like yeah. his dad. The thing is, I was like, I don't remember a lot about this movie. I only remember like a lot of the broad strokes, and I'm like, it can't be a plot detail that this that Harlock's mm -hmm. his dad because that's like a central focus of the next movie as to who Tetsuro's dad is. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's very Star Wars. The next uh, movie. No. Um, was it Count Mecca all along? No. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll get to Jew. It's uh, mm. certainly something. Um, Doesn't sound like high praise. Mm. We'll get to we'll it. Get to, we'll get to it. Um, but yeah, so... It was a journey, I think. It really does well in taking you through the places mm -hmm. where they go, even mm. though, like, I understand with, like, spacing and timing, it can be a bit weird because it's a long span of time yeah because they mentioned oh we're gonna be here for like 16 earth days mm -hmm. and it's like 20 minutes yeah and you're like yeah sure but also i feel like i want to know more yeah i get that i think it uh i think it intentionally kind of messes up messes with the passage of time a little bit and that like you know they'll have the event that happens mm -hmm. on that planet and then they're just back on the yeah. the three yeah. nine, which um, I was able, I, I could accept that like, uh -huh. pretty easily. But I get what you mean. Like it's weird how they they specifically bring up like these take a long time, like yeah. yeah, layovers, and then suddenly it's just like one event. Go. I think it makes. I think once you get to what planet is it where they have to like rush to get back oh. to the three nine? I th is, is it's it the last one before. Mato. By the trade, trade, trade outpost, the trade outpost oh, yeah, yeah. one, yeah. That's one. Um, 
I think it's all sort of done like that so that when you get to that part, there's a bit more in mm-hmm. kind of tension as to mm-hmm. them getting back to the three nine yeah. in time and maybe gives gives you an idea of like how much time has actually passed. It gave yeah. me so much anxiety then being like, Oh we have six days, let's just go to this place like, <laughs> You have you a doing? train to catch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was also I, I wanna mention this because it made me laugh too much. On like um, I don't remember the name of the planet where, where all the people were in the ice. Pluto. Pluto, yeah. Oh, it's Pluto. Um, they all had the pose of they had to do it to him. <laughs> God, you're right. <laughs> and once I saw... You I mean was, they were in the traditional funeral pose? No, they, they had, had to, to do, do it, it to him. <laughs> like, I knew it was traditional, but I just saw this onslaught of people all standing <laughs> their arms like that. I didn't catch that, but now it's amazing. Oh, I can't unsee that when I watch the movie now. <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> like, for a second, I could take seriously, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I mentioned it to my boyfriend who was watching it with me, he was like, why have you done this? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's very dramatic and I understand like the weight of it. Mm-hmm. It's all these bodies and stuff. But they had to do it to them. They had to do it to them. <laughs> I mean, that's probably what they'd be saying when they got their mechanical body. Yeah. They had, they had to, to do, do it to them. them. Yeah. Can I just say, while we're on Pluto, that... Uh... So that list, the sh- shadow, shadow. Mm-hmm. yeah, she creeped me the fuck. Oh out. yeah, like that's like that along with when we get the reveal of what planet Metel mm-hmm. is actually about and stuff. That those two parts are like the most horrifying. Yeah, I've seen yeah. in a while mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, no, I I get that. Um, I love the the kind of reveal of planet Metel. Mm. Like yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's one of the best. That, yeah, I mean. You saw my reaction when, like, Maytel's, like, whole thing here mm-hmm. and, like, Planet Maytel's like, I was like, traitor! You traitor! <laughs> I was legit, I was legitimately distraught. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great kind of rug pull mm-hmm. uh, yeah. moment. Because we end on, like, all his kill. He's just, what's he gonna do? He doesn't, because he wanted to have the mechanical body to kill. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, he doesn't need it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so why does, what, what's, what's the point of going there now? Yeah. Well, he does say after uh he's buried someone i think he makes a grave for the bandit leader Mm -hmm. and then he's speaking to harlock and he says that he's going to the the mechanical planet in the the andromeda and that's the plan Mm -hmm. to destroy it to destroy it yeah yeah um so he goes from wanting a mechanical body to kill count mecha to wanting to kill all mechanical beings i think Um, the way he says it's it's kind of like uh genocide yeah and i'm like i wonder how much of the percentage of the galaxy's population is they mechanical at this point it's a good chunk yeah Yeah. um also like i love how they gave some robots robo nips and the others not (laughs) what (laughs) okay i didn't notice i didn't notice this either like they have the circle on their stomach Uh some but there was also this one guy that also had those circles on his nipples you know that the the girl uh, and for, uh, with Count Riozo, Riozo, mm-hmm. something like that. For Count she, Mecha, well. she has yeah. them as well. Yeah, I like, didn't pick up on it for any other character. No. no, it wasn't very noticeable. It was just the fact that I was kind of zoning out because uh, I think this was first zoning half. Zoning out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and but yeah, I thought the. What's her name? I'm, I'm not gonna Riozo? remember. Riozo? Riozo. Riozo. We can just call her Blue Hair Lady. Blue Hair Lady. Blue hair lady. I think she was mechanicized, mechanicized the best. 
like in aesthetically pleasing. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she was done it. It was done so she could be sexually pleasing to the. Yeah, but it was, like, but it's an <laughs> understandable choice. Then. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. All the others kind of looked Funky. very human. Yeah, mm. there's. I think there's a lot of really varied designs, but then mm -hmm. there's also a lot of like they just have a big single a single eye, circle and it's yeah. like a targeting thing and she has them on, it, on her breasts and yes. i'm like can you see through those <laughs> i'm gonna be honest I genuine question because <laughs> yeah. she has them on her breasts and mm -hmm. she has them in her i think she has one in her stomach yeah, as well. yeah. Stomach. Stomach. i'm like also it's can weird you see them in the middle of the head they put a target like it's i mean it's like a it's a reticle thing. Yeah. yeah, so like a targeting system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand it's for them, you know, to see. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, you're looking at them like you're literally a walking Yeah, it, it does very <laughs> much look like a big shoot here. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they kind of did that because I think just big red circle would look kind of weird. Yeah. Um, it makes it a bit more human. Yeah, <laughs> it adds a bit way. more depth to the mm -hmm. design, I think. Um, yeah, I... I, I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go with any of this conversation because we've went in a totally different direction than yeah. I expected. Um, as is usual. As us. is yes. usual, yeah. I, th I think it's a very good movie. Like, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. This is one I'd recommend. It plays with yeah. storytelling very well. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Even though it, get, it gets a bit slow in the middle, yeah. I'd say. Mm -hmm. But it, it truly does make up for it because once you kill Kalmecha, you have the... So... What what yeah. now? And they really make up for it by being yeah. like, "Here's some bad shit stuff." Yeah, from I'm like, I I, I think the whole kind of like, not slump, but this kind of slower part in the middle mm -hmm. is like a very kind of more reflective mm -hmm. sequence. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. to kind of you know you have uh, Tochiro becomes part of Harlock's ship. Mm -hmm. I think you just kind of have Tetsuro realizing. That people are dying yeah. <laughs> in this adventure. People are dying. Yeah, <laughs> like, like straight up. <laughs> yeah, like he's having to like actually face death properly mm -hmm. for the first, not for the first time because he lost his mother, but like he has to like, process it. Yeah, because I don't I mean, think see he it consistently no, yeah. and like constantly enough that he really has to deal with it. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, which I think maybe kind of pushes him towards wanting to destroy the mechanized planet mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the end. And not just, you know, taking down Count Mecha. Um, but yeah, it's... I, I love this movie. <laughs> I can't really I, I say can any more than that. I can understand it. I get um, that completely. And the music in this especially is fantastic. This is one of my favourite soundtracks yeah. of all time. Um, it's certainly helped by the two songs that are in it. They're mm -hmm. very upbeat and catchy, but then, yes. like, you see them in the context of the movie and they're mm -hmm. kind of bittersweet. Yeah. Like, the first one plays when he's leaving on the 3-9 and he's like seeing you know images of his friends that he's leaving behind he's kind of sad to be there and then the end of the movie it's a little awkwardly constructed because you mm -hmm. have you know the score playing it's all very melancholic mm -hmm. and it just fucking smash cuts yeah into the song <laughs> and he's <laughs> yeah and he's just crying and i'm like i get it i mm -hmm. get what you're trying to do but you could have done it a little bit smoother yeah. than this. <laughs> could have had like maybe like a little like gap and then show him as like yeah. some sort of like, a happier place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is it's it's kind of weird because on the actual soundtrack, the 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 piece that you hear before the song is actually part of that song oh, on no. the soundtrack. Yeah, so to listen to that song, you need to hear the sort of like three minute 
you know mm-hmm. instrumental piece before that and then it just smashes into uh, <laughs> I, I forget what the name of the song is now it, it, I think it's maybe just Galaxy Express 3.9 mm-hmm. <laughs> Because the music, I think, it was approached very differently from what I'm used mm. to. Mm. Like, I I watched it thinking maybe this is a more, you know, Japanese approach to how to score. Because I think, may, for me, it felt like a lot of the score was, it was beautiful. I loved mm. it. But sometimes, like, the emotion behind it didn't feel right. I think the, I think the scores there to kind of underlie a lot of the emotional drive of the movie mm-hmm. mm. um so like while there's maybe happier things going on that kind of contrast the score is it's kind of there to maybe point out that tetsuro mm-hmm. you know still isn't you know happy he's yeah he's like i assumed it was very intentional but it's mm. something I'd, I'd never seen before and i was like it feels like visually jarring mm-hmm. to hear a score of a certain feel and then see something different yeah and i've never i don't think i've ever seen someone really play with that i think this is this and maybe a jew the sequel are the only ones that i've ever really seen do it um i don't think that yamato done it which was you know the other Matsumoto work um that has a very iconic soundtrack but it's not it's not in the same mm-hmm. kind of vein and whatever's playing is kind of used to punctuate what's actually yeah. happening on screen um there's a lot of kind of sad music because that's the tone of mm-hmm. uh you know yamato is it's very <laughs> it's optimistic but you know let's face reality yeah. humanity is doomed <laughs> yeah <laughs> um let's just move past that okay. yeah <laughs> uh but yeah no I don't, I don't think i've seen this done very very often and I think that's maybe why I like this one so mm. much um, actually speaking about Matsumoto and his other work uh, there's a lot of nice kind of references to other stuff like mm. when uh, they're at the when they're I think when they're boarding the 3-9 uh, there's an announcement for a train heading to the large Magellanic, Magellanic cloud cluster mm. that's where Yamato takes place that's where they're oh. heading ah. in Yamato because um, that's where the enemy planet Gamelus and the twin planet Gamelus who's trying to help them Iskander mm. is located um, I just thought that was a really nice touch and yeah. then you've got uh, a kinda, I think that's Harlock's theme that plays underneath when he's on screen um, it sounds very much like from Yamato though, uh, it doesn't sound like it's from Harlock there's loads of references that I just I maybe haven't even picked up as well because I haven't like I said you know mm-hmm. general availability of Matsumoto's works <laughs> sucks um, so please discotheque if you're listening to this <laughs> would be nice <laughs> um, give us some of that free shit <laughs> <laughs> no just license them please I'll buy them I'll pay for them <laughs> they'll give us free shit too <laughs> uh, no yeah I, I really love this movie it's it's one of those ones that I just get absorbed in every time mm-hmm. I watch it mm. Um, it's not a type of storytelling you see very often anymore mm-hmm. um, and like you said it, it plays with storytelling and music and stuff like that so yeah I think we said all we can say about yeah. it really yeah. at this point so I think that's another episode of wow. Anime Lane in the books wow so yeah thank you very much for listening to another episode of Anime Lane uh, I've been Rebel Notorious and I've been joined by Sean hello Don't oh, goodbye <laughs> <laughs> and Melina Goodbye. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.